This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall each year we all congregate The bounce all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Munson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman German can obnoxious, what you'll face Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, and I'm joined today by a special guest, good friend of mine, one of my best buddies, Jay Bird. Bird, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Full disclosure, folks. Bird is, well, first off, let me just say, Bird, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, one of the <laughs> best, best guys you could ever meet. But full disclosure, he is a Gamecock, so nobody's perfect, folks. Yeah. Well, back at you. The feelings and all of that are, are mutual. So <laughs> we but, have our, uh, our dogs but, and fox rivalry, but. You're yeah. saving grace. Sis is a dog. Yep. Sister's a dog. So we have our own intra-family rivalry. The parents go with the home team every year. So whoever's playing at home is who they root for, but. We've been very envious of y'all the last several years. We had a good run. You had your number a few years during the Spurrier area era. The last several have been quite a mess from whenever we've faced off with the dogs. So we have been buddies now for, gosh, I guess almost, almost 13 years, 12 and a half, 13 years. Bird and I met because we were both interning with, at the time, the Washington Redskins, the, the artist formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders, which was both of our childhood favorite teams. And like, look, this is part of the reason that, that we became such good friends. There are certain people that say they have a favorite team, and then there are other people that take it to probably an unhealthy level. And that was us. We were real eye to eye on that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was a it was a it was a intern match made in heaven, that's for sure. Uh, and we were interning in the public relations department with the Skins during the 09 season, which then led into the 2010 Super Bowl. And you know, we essentially worked a lot of hours, got paid zero money, and saw all of the how they make the sausage with our favorite organization, which we probably would have rather not seen, uh, given what we know now. <laughs> but one of the coolest parts of our whole experience was we ended up getting to work the 2010 Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl 44 down in, I guess it was the South Beach host committee because Fort Lauderdale and Miami split it. But since it is Super Bowl week, uh, I wanted to have Bird on the show so we could talk to y'all about our experience uh, at the Pro Bowl that week and at the Super Bowl, just to kind of give you kind of a peek behind the curtain at what that week looks like. Um, and kind of our experiences. So first off, let's tell them, homie, we drove the whole way from yep. Ashburn to South Beach. We did. It was what, uh, two days it took us. Yeah, we stopped. I forget where we stopped, but we stayed yeah, at your mom and daddy's fun. on the way down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Stopped in um, Charleston area. And then and it was me and you and Matt Lynn in the car. I think that was yep. it. Right. The three yep. of us. And Ken yeah, for half the trip. It was a long haul, man. It was a long haul. And we'll, we'll talk about the trip back on the, 
Yeah, yeah, that that was a whole another thing. Yeah, because while we were down in South Beach when they had snowmageddon in the DC area, well, really it was it was most of the eastern seaboard because it was yeah. even kind of in the South Carolina, North Carolina quarter. But so that certainly impacted the trip back. But yeah. unique part about that year was that was the first year they started doing the pre-Super Bowl Pro Bowl. And <laughs> that year they had it in the same locale as the Super Bowl. They were both played at what at the time was Sun Life Stadium, now Hard Rock Stadium, where the Dolphins play and uh, where the Dogs just won the Orange Bowl. I'm just throwing that out there. Semi-final <laughs> win. And we actually went down for – what did we go for a full two weeks or we went down like for 10 days? We got there like it was about Wednesday. 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, because they were having Pro Bowl practice that week. And so the, the gathered media – volunteers were covering that and just just so y'all know what generally happens super bowl week is the all of the nfl teams their communications teams or their pr departments generally go down and work the game and if you are an intern in one of those departments you have the ability to go down and work it as well i think the actual nfl staffers or the team staffers get get maybe get paid for that week compensated for that week in some way i can't remember that part of it but we didn't care we were just happy to go right um because first lesson for me of that week was access is priceless and boy did we have access that week we sure did it was cool yeah so starting off what are your what are your like top memories from that week let's start with that from the actual game one of the the Biggest memories I have. I'm a Peyton Manning fanboy. Like I have always loved Peyton Manning. This Super Bowl that we were at was the year that the Saints beat the Colts. Yep. And the Colts, I was down on the field at the time in the end zone that the paints that the uh, Colts were driving to, you know, to go down and looking to score and Peyton through the pick six to Tracy Porter. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that went on that week, but whenever I think back at that, at that, the week and the game and everything, I just, I remember the pick and seeing Tracy Porter run the opposite way to the opposite end zone and just being devastated that it, at that point, it looked like Peyton probably wasn't going to, going to get the ring. So, but I mean, talk about access, like everybody had different roles and duties throughout the week. My role was primarily on Radio Row, just to kind of like roam around Radio Row and be a liaison for all the different, you know, radio stations and everything that's there. And any athlete, celebrity, big time name you can think of pretty much strolled through there. I mean, I had a, I had kept a list for a long time. I looked for it for the podcast, but I, I don't know where I where I put it. But I mean, I had written down like all the famous people I saw that week and I mean, just about anybody you can think of that was any kind of popular name. I mean, Snoop Dogg, you know, c- comedians, musicians, athletes. So that, that part of it was as more of a comprehensive memory. It was just seeing all the, the stars. I'm going to throw some names at you. Okay. Snoop. Yep. Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Floyd Money Mayweather. Yep. We saw uh, Carrie Underwood that week. She sang the national anthem. Yep. Think, uh, think Queen Latifah did uh, God Bless America. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we saw we saw Brooklyn Decker that week. They were yep. promoting uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. Yeah, we did. She's very tall. Yep. And friendly. And she's friendly. Very friendly. Very nice. She's she was she's from North Carolina. When she she Charlotte girl outside of Charlotte somewhere. 
Yeah, that's where she's she originally from. In, yeah, still lives in this area. Her and Andy, Andy Roddy. Um, we saw uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin James and Spade were there David, promoting one David of their Spade. movies. Maybe, maybe Grown Ups or something was that week. Yeah, um, Barry Rice, Barry Sanders. Yeah, so that was a cool one too. Was you got to see a lot of the kind of NFL legends were all there. Um, yeah. Tell tell everybody a little bit about what what Radio Row is. When you say that, explain that. So tell them like where the media center was and how all that's set up. Yes, yeah, so we were in the convention center. Um, I don't know what I forget the official name of the convention center there, but you know it's basically just a massive, you know, massive room kind of cordoned off in rows of different, just different media outlets from all over the country that host, they kind of go there for the week to host their radio show. Um, So, you know, throughout, you know, like my hometown station, 1067 up in the DC area and like the sports junkies and whoever else, they would host their typical, you know, six to 10 PM or six to 10 AM morning slot from radio row. And throughout the four hours that they're on air, they've just got different, you know, all these people that are kind of roaming um, around Radio Row, all these celebrities and athletes and everything kind of pop in and they'll, you know, whether they're promoting something that, you know, a cause that they're, that they're working for or a book or something they've got coming out, they'll pop in and, you know, do us, do a hit on that, on that um, show and then, you know, move on to the next, but it's just rows and rows and rows of these, you know, radio setups and guys just basically doing interviews all throughout the day. So it's like it's like the ESPN car wash on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's 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 just so much media access all centralized in one place. And that's why it's a cool ecosystem because anybody that's got anything to promote, that's where you want to be this week yep. is is on Radio Row because the pub is is endless. Let me tell you my favorite Radio Row memory from that week. Yeah. <laughs> so part of our job when we were working for the skins was, you know we're essentially just slackers, right? Like we had to do whatever we were told to do. And at the time, Jay Glazer had this, I think it was, it was internet only maybe through Fox, this show that he would do. And he would interview guys who had had big games the weekend prior and whatnot. And that year, uh, London Fletcher Baker was a um, pro bowler. And, but this is prior to the pro bowl. He just had a really good game. I think he was defensive player of the week for the NFC or something. So Glazer has him on his show, and instead of doing it in like a dedicated media space, our big boss, Zach, had London do it in his office. So London's like sitting in the chair right behind the door doing the interview on like a webcam, essentially. Yep. And um, Zach's sitting at Zach's desk, just kind of monitoring everything, like not in picture or whatever. Well, I can't remember what came up, but there's some kind of, you know, quote unquote, emergency that was was happening that day at Redskins Park, which there seemingly were, were always something going on. And, and but, still is. And still is, yeah. But one of our other bosses was like, I need you to go in Zach's office right now, and I need you to get these keys from Zach. And I'm like, the door's closed. He's like, Just go in there. And I'm like, all right. So I like, you know, do the gentle two-tap knock and like walk in. Well, <laughs> I am directly in picture behind lfb on yep. jay glazer's show and it's like you could hear a pin drop zach's looking at me like what the hell are you doing and all of a sudden i hear glazer go what the hell is going on here we got pr slappies crashing the interview <laughs> so that just became like a running joke with our staff well so we get down to radio row and to your point 
Glazer is having his show on Radio Row that week. So I'm like, I don't care what happens this week. I've got to meet Glazer in person so I can tell him this story and like laugh about it. So anyways, he finished his show up one day. He's coming out of his like booth and I grab him like, look, man, you don't know me from Adam, but I'm the PR slappy from the Skins interview with with London Fletcher. And he just busts out laughing. He's like, I have laughed so much about that with Zach, like said Zach emails or whatever. So, yeah, it was funny. So I got a picture with Glazer that week. That's what, I laugh at that picture every time I see it. So that is, uh, that, that's my that's my radio row um story but yeah pr slappy crashing the interview yeah so yeah well um i want to talk to you about kind of the game weeks the separate ones because the pro bowl was a different experience i think you would agree with this too from the super bowl way looser i think way more even from our perspective definitely from the player's perspective it was fun right like it wasn't super serious for that one we were pretty much dude weren't we on afc sideline the whole game for Pro Bowl? I, was the, I was on the NFC sideline. I was going to ask you if you remember, like, we all kind of had assignments, like, go get a quote, like, mid-game. We were told to, like, you know, go yes. grab a quote from whatever player we had been assigned. Yeah. So, I remember who my player was. I don't know if you remembered who yours was. Man, I I want to say it was Nambi Asimwe, but I can't remember. All I remember was Peyton being there to watch the game because he was, he was the MVP of the the league that year right so he was he was a pro bowler so he actually was at the game but he was in like he was in the the dad outfit he had on the the dad jeans with the um with the tassel loafers and the socks and he had on the red windbreaker afc pro bowl jacket (laughs) very very peyton style oh yeah very much but so i I mean i remember that and i just remember it being cool that you kind of i mean you just were listening to him talk the entire game about a route they jumped or, or whatever. So yeah. man, it was, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, we were pretty much like embedded on the sidelines, um, just kind of roaming around. And, you know, when we got a chance to grab a quote or something from our player, run up to him with a recorder. So my, I remember my player was Terrence Newman. And I don't remember anything that we talked about. Like I had no prior interview experience. Like when we say that we were in PR, like we were in PR slappies, we were literally that, I mean, we were transcribing, we were, didn't yeah. go for work like we weren't actually like in training to do any kind of media broadcasting or journalism or anything like that so <laughs> no, no absolutely. so they, they give us recorders and they're like hey go grab a quote from terrence newman at some point during the game so i forget he had come out like he you know he did his you know couple series or whatever and he came out and i went up and just forget what i even asked him but he was super cool i mean as a diehard skins fan he was on the Cowboys at the time and I was like of course I'll get, I draw the guy that's on my you know <laughs> arch arch nemesis team but no he was super cool and yeah that, that experience was awesome I, I thought it was cool post game too they uh Mike and Zach had us go grab uh LFB and and Rack uh Brian Rackpo were the Pro Bowl representatives that year for the Redskins so they had us grab them and get quotes from them and we got pictures with them or I don't even think yeah. we got the pictures I think Somebody from DC media actually took the pictures and then sent us the pictures, which was, I thought pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that, that was a fun memory. They were both really nice guys, guys you would root for, even if they weren't on your team. I always, always yep. had good interactions with both those guys. So that was fun. I remember too, though, that they took us to the stadium the day before the pro bowl, just to kind of <laughs> tell us like, Hey, look, this is what the security procedure will look like, you know, kind of get a lay of the land. And we had to do media tables set up the night before like in the media suites 
So I remember that part of it. Cause I remember us going up to like the top row of the stadium yeah. at the 50 and like looking down and going, can you believe we're in here right now? Like this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I don't I know also, about you, but that's, that's where I, um, for the Super Bowl, like that's where I actually sat for most of the game until like I was just up in the stands pretty much watching the game for most of it until we had some duties to do like at halftime and towards the end of the game. But yeah, I mean, I was up at the very top and to your point, I mean, we got to go in and do, you know, tour just how to get from the field to the locker room and how to get from, you know, the locker room to the media room, those kind of things. So, and boy, does that stadium look different now than it did 12 years ago, by the way. I think we texted about this. I thought they, they built a new stadium. I know it look it looks that different. Yep. I mean, it's unreal how much different it looks now than it did when we worked there. We yep. both talked about this at the game, and I think we both still feel this way. One of the nicest playing surfaces I've ever been on. Oh, it was pristine. Yeah. Pristine. We yep. had another experience at Bank of America in Charlotte. That was a, until they went artificial this year, that was a, I also thought a very nice playing surface. Yeah. Well, we, to be fair, we were uh, accustomed to seeing one of the worst playing surfaces in the league week to week. So that's that's a good point. Yeah, FedEx Field is a cow pasture, so that that's that's a valid point. I, I yeah, point taken on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, FedEx is such a dump, but yeah, that that's true. But man, the weather was perfect that week too, and um, yeah. So Super Bowl, let's tell them about the media setup. So if you're a member of the media that day, obviously it is. Well, let me ask you this before we get to that. Was it more of a spectacle or less of a spectacle than you had anticipated it being? I would say less, but only because I don't know, like we had been, we had been around, I had actually been around an NFL team for longer than you had. Like I had been working for the in different capacities, you know, basically, and interning for the equipment staff. Like I had been to games, I had been in locker rooms and I, like I say all that just to say that when you get like the Super Bowl is a big deal, but I don't know when you've had some or a lot of exposure to it leading up, like it just probably doesn't feel as big as like going there as a fan or just never having had that access. So um, it was definitely big, but we had a lot of responsibility and a lot of things to do. So you can't just kind of like, gawk and take it all in either um yeah. you know you're kind of running from thing to thing and you know i look back at it now it, like anything in life you look back at it and you're like man i probably took that for granted like you know i grew up in northern virginia right outside dc my whole life and hardly ever like actually went into the city and appreciated everything and i'm now you know i'm like oh man i really wish i would have like stop to take it in a little bit more. And I feel the same way about this, but in the moment, I feel like it was less impressive to me, maybe than a, a fan who was just there just to enjoy the Super Bowl. Well, and if, you're li- if you're listening, you probably think, Oh, this, this is crazy, but let me just put this out there. We had worked by that point, 11 games or something like that, two or three. Well, I guess 10 games, two preseason games, eight home games. And when you are a PR intern, you get an official pass. So for every Redskins home game, we could go anywhere in the stadium and nobody asks yep. you any questions. You just have full run of the mill. And to your point, yeah, after a few games, we probably took that for granted. Like I remember the first preseason game being like, this is ridiculous that we yeah. just can do whatever we want. Like I remember 
you and me used to go down every single home game for opening kick and stand in the end zone for opening kick. Like just cause why, why not? Right. So yeah, like that stuff's incredible. And I go to games now and I'm like, boy, I'd love to have an official pass right now. I'd love to just kind of sneak down and uh, get a look yeah. at it from this angle or whatever. But I would agree with that Super Bowl week. I, I kind of felt the same way. There was a few moments where I didn't feel that way, where I thought, man, this is this is kind of an out-of-body thing. And one of them was game day on the Super Bowl once we were in the media area. So there are so many media that request credentials to the Super Bowl that they have to do overflow seating. So at, at Sun Life for that week, they had the regular media area set up, but they also commandeered an entire section of the club level and made it dedicated outdoor seating for media members. So that was part of our task was to set all that up. But that area, that media area is set up on the same level as the club slash suites area at Sun Life Stadium at that time. So on our access area where we were working was also where every single A-list celebrity that was attending the game was also posted up. Venus mm-hmm. and Serena Williams, Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony, like everybody, anybody was anybody. Yeah, they're all Reggie Bush at the time. Yeah. Yep. They're all just walking through. I mean, you're just rubbing elbows with all of them. And at one point I was looking around going, this is insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> this makes no sense. I will tell you a funny story. So you remember uh, Misty May, who became Misty May trainer, yep. Olympic beach volleyball player. Did her yep. and Carrie Walsh won like, God, I don't know, four straight golds in the Olympics. So her husband was this guy, Matt Trainer, who was a catcher in the big leagues for a number of years. Um, you know, not an everyday guy, but he was a Sunday Sunday guy or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew who he was because, A, he was a catcher, but also my good buddy, that was my roommate in college, had played with him at spring training uh, in the Tigers one spring. So I see him in the concourse. So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, Matt, uh, I'm Seth Saunders. And he's like, it was so funny. I think he was so accustomed to people wanting to talk to Misty that right. he didn't even say hello. He just goes, hey, hey, man, Misty's in the bathroom. She'll be out in a minute. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 homie. I, I don't. I'm yeah. Like, that's cool. But I don't really I'm not here to talk to Misty. Like, I just came to introduce myself to you. Like, my buddy is such and such. Like, you guys play together in Detroit. And he's like, oh, yeah. And so that's it was really funny. I never yeah. heard that story. Yeah, you could tell he was like, oh, somebody actually wants to talk to me. <laughs> right. That's so that was, that was funny from that night. Um, who did you have that night? So we we all got assignments uh, before the game about what our duties were post game. What was who did you have post game? What was your assignment post game? So I cannot remember. I remember the Pro Bowl who I was assigned to, but I was trying to think I was like racking my brain. Who did I have for the Super Bowl? And I can't remember. I remember that it was somebody on the Saints because I remember being disappointed, thinking that I was thinking that the Colts would win. I mean, I think the Colts were favored to win that Super Bowl. Yeah. Had a great year. Like, I was like, oh, I want to be in the Colts locker room when they win this thing, you know, getting quotes from whoever. And then I ended up getting somebody on the Saints. And I honestly, I cannot remember for the life of me who I had. So. So for me, I got it. They, they handed out cards. We essentially got like note cards. Well, I got a note card that said losing locker room, mm-hmm. which that, that's, that bums you out. Right. So I was like, yeah. wow, like this stinks. Like I'm at a super bowl. I've got the opportunity to be in a winning locker room at a super bowl. Like, how many people get that opportunity? Right. 
So I was super bummed out about it. And uh, dude, the cool part was either way, whether you were winning locker and losing locker room, or if you had dedicated the spot, you're supposed to be. The task was that we were supposed to be on the field at, with like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So right. we all watched the entire, most of the entirety of the fourth quarter on the field, which again, priceless access. <laughs> like yeah. you, you really can't put a number on it. I'll never forget that part of it. I'll never forget when the game's over, the confetti's down and all those things. But the way it turned out, man, I got, I have two incredible stories I want to tell with you, which I don't know if I've told you either one of them, but so I losing locker room. So what happens post game is immediately you get with the other PR interns that are there. And then kind of the NFL staffers who are kind of like your go-to who you're reporting to that. Okay. Hey, we're going to go here. So as we're walking in the tunnel, I get told, hey, you're going to have Joseph Adai. Make sure Joseph Adai gets to the podium at the media tent. And this is another thing. I'm sure the way it's set up now, most of the media is done in the innards of the stadiums that they play at. But at Sun Life, they did not have the capacity to do that. So they had set up tents in the parking lots outside. So you had to walk your player outside of the stadium into the media tents. And then there was like a carousel, essentially, where mm-hmm. media were stationed. Yep. So that's what I was focused on, right? They take you literally into the locker room. They say, stand here, don't move right by the door at the locker room. So I'm, dude, I'm in the Colts locker room three minutes after the confetti is falling and the Colts players are coming in. So it is so silent. You can hear a pin drop outside of, you can hear equipment getting thrown and then you would hear multiple expletives kind of throughout <laughs> the locker room because they were not expected to lose. This right. was more supposed to be a coronation of Peyton second Super Bowl title than anything else. They were right. not anticipating losing. And so I, I remember that. I remember how quiet it was and how eerie it was. And I remember thinking, this is like every losing locker room I've ever been in when I was playing team sports. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what you lose sight of when you're a fan is like, it's sports entertainment, but for these guys, it's just like you and your high school football team or your college football team mm-hmm. where this is it, man. This is your end all be all. And the fu- you watching the finality of that hit all of them and their reactions to it was a big takeaway. The other one was the locker pretty much four away from the entrance was Peyton's. Mm. So Peyton's the most important media personality they want to talk to from the Colts. So guess what that means? He has to shower and get out of the locker room first. Well, there was a moment where he comes out of the shower, goes to his locker, and about that time, Roger Goodell, Archie Manning, Cooper Manning, and Eli Manning walk directly past me through the locker room doors. Okay. So Goodell kind of peels off from the Mannings and just kind of, you know, chats with a couple different players, but Archie Cooper and Eli go over to Peyton. They all give him a hug. All three of them, like you played great. Like you you did fine. Like this, not your fault. And Peyton's rehashing the game with them. Can't believe I missed Porter on that, on the pick. Can't believe I missed him. You know, I'd, I'd never make that throw. Like, dude, it's just like you and your dad or you and your brothers. And It was just a really cool moment to witness. And also, dude, it was genuine. There were no cameras there. That was not for show. They were there supporting their brother and their son. And 
it was, it was real. So it, it gave me a, a totally different viewpoint and stance on the Manning family. Cause I think in a lot of way, a lot of ways, their brand can seem manufactured and like there's this big PR push behind it. And look, I, I'm sure they do a lot to craft and culture that I'm not debating that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm telling you is from a family structure perspective, that that's real. That bond yeah. is real. Like yeah. Cooper and Eli are like sitting there, like patting Peyton on his knee and his dad's giving him a big hug and like, dude, it's real. Like that was family. So right. and that's a moment I'll never forget. Like that was a, a really, really cool thing to witness. So that, that was one thing. And then the other was, then I, I had Joseph adopt. So I, as soon as he got done, I just walked over and said, you know, Hey Joseph, my name's Seth. I need to take you to your, your media availability. And it's kind of awkward because he doesn't know me. I don't know him. This is one of the worst moments of his life. He's just lost this massive game. So you're trying to like make this awkward small talk with him and get him there. And I, my memory will always just be that in a moment where he could have just been like, dude, don't talk to me or, you know, get off. He's like, you know, how are you doing? Like, how's your week been? He was very accommodating, very gracious. Like, yeah, cool. I just thought thought he was all class. And then he was great during his media. And then I took him from his media to the bus. They got on the bus and that was it. But those are two memories that are just, you think, man, there aren't many people having those memories, right? Yeah. And so I, I've the farther I've gotten away from it, the more I kind of cherish those. Yeah. So those are kind of my two takeaways from, from that night. Uh, Cause yeah, man, I mean, they, they weren't supposed to lose. Colts were winning at halftime. That was the famous one side kick one-side at halftime kick, game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think what people forget about that too, is, you know, they get the onside kick, the Saints score touchdown Colts get the ball back and go right back down the field to take the lead. So right. it's not like they were out of control or the onside kick, like swayed the game. I, yeah. So do you remember, um, how late a night that was. I mean, dude, I don't, I don't think we got back until like four in the morning or something like that. Yeah. uh, Something like that. It was, it was definitely after two. I mean, there's like the stuff right after the game, actually it doesn't like that part, getting your player, you know, the media availability stuff, all things considered doesn't take all that long, but then no, it doesn't stuff we do had to do after I remember taking just, and it's like a lot of standing around too and like waiting for things to happen and just like a lot of inefficient, but yeah, it was, that was a late night. And then I can't remember if we left the next day or if we waited one more day to head home, but. I think we left that day, but I think we were, we went back to the media center because they had winning coach and MVP interviews the next morning. And I think we went to that. Yeah. Just cause we had the passes. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, I thought that's what we did anyways, but yeah, I mean, crazy week. I, I I will say this, if you are a sports fan and you ever get the opportunity to go to a Super Bowl, it's something you should do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an event that's unique to sports that has, has a, a grandiose nature to it that is special, I think. So, I mean, it's certainly something that is a lifetime memory for me, but I will tell you this, most of my memories from that week are like our memories, like just cutting up during work or the stuff we did when we were out, like Luke Bryan's What Country Is, is my top five favorite song of all time because of that (laughs) week. We probably listened to it 
7,000 times riding down A1A with the windows down, just rocking it. So like, Seriously. I, I don't know. I, th- those are kind of my, my big takeaways. Probably like most things, right? It's like your personal experiences. I remember we spent a lot of time on Lauderdale beach. Yeah. Do you remember like your favorite, like kind of off the, you know, once we were off hours, not working and we got to do some of the festivities and got to, you know, hang out. And do you, do you have any particularly fond memories of the festivities throughout the week? Yeah, I got two. I'll give you both. All right. First one is remember they had the media party on South beach. Yeah. So when I was saying earlier for the listeners that it was the South Beach Super Bowl, Fort Lauderdale and Miami bifurcated the hosting duties. So the media center was at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center and the Colts, I believe it was the Colts Hotel was in Lauderdale Beach. And then the Saints Hotel was in Coral Gables. I mean, dude, it was a ways away. I just remember they were in Miami proper. And so everything was kind of split and like all the parties were all split, but they had the media party on South Beach and I think Coors Light sponsored it. So I did, homie, I just remember us taking a bus down there, like a big charter bus. Yeah. And I remember drinking all the banquet beers that, that I could take. And I specifically remember them having some type of cookie eating contest that Matt Lynn entered <laughs> and he had about 78 chocolate chip cookies shoved into his mouth at oh one time. God. And he won like a Coors Light party pack or something. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. That's the kind of random stuff you remember. But I remember that. And that was a fun night. Um, we have a picture from that night. Like it was a photo booth. Photo opportunity booth. That's what I was going to say. I remember the photo booth. Yeah. A bunch of I, us just acting, acting fools in the photo booth. I just remember Madeline has one of my favorite Facebook comments of all time. It, you and me still, still had on our PR credentials from the day. Cause dude, we just oh. went straight from work. Right. <laughs> all all Madeline commented was nice credentials, fellas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just a straight kill shot. But um, yeah, so that was a, that was a fun night. And the other night I remember is, do you remember us going to meet Mike Pahanic and the sweets folks at the hotel? the skins hosted hotel uh and, no and your your boy just got absolutely lit up taking tequila shots with d'angelo hall i remember taking tequila shots with d'angelo hall i have a picture of him and i or maybe all the three of us doing the two up two, two down, up, two down. Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right that's right so i remember that i don't remember you being particularly uh overserved, but that's a great that's a great show yeah so um all right. So where, how it was set up at the time at Redskins Park, our offices or our cubicles, we didn't have offices. Our cubicles were shared with the suites office. So, and I learned quickly that like most things in life, where the money flows is kind of who you want to link in with. And just because of our proximity, we like had good relationships with the suites department. Well, they took a group of like corporate suite holders to the Super Bowl each year, had a dedicated hotel, threw a party, all these type things. So I think, I don't know, well, I don't know if Mike was staying at that hotel, but he was like, hey, they're going to have this thing tonight. Why don't you guys come? Uh, we had a, we had two good, two great bosses, but like one of our bosses, was fantastic. I still keep in touch with him to this day, like just world-class guy. And um, so we went and met him. I think it was you, me and Lynn went, right? Yeah. And Tyler, and, our buddy that was. Yeah, that's right. Tyler my, went with us. Yeah. He was my buddy from college at South Carolina, but he was doing the same thing we were doing for the Panthers. So he was yeah. also down at the Super Bowl doing the same thing we were doing. Um, and he just 
yeah, ended up staying with us and everything. But yeah, I think it was so just part, the four. So part of that sweets party was they set up Redskins players to come and like hang out and mingle with the money givers. Yep. So they had a big poolside party. It was almost like a tiki party with, you know, light appetizers and all the booze you can drink. So D Hall's there. And I mean, we knew him because we had covered him, but like we didn't know him, know him. But he's from Virginia. He's from the 757. We were from Virginia. So we start talking to him and like shooting the shit with him and ends up being cool. And I don't know if he said it or us. I was like, hey, we should take a tequila shot. He's like, I'll take a tequila shot. <laughs> so that started me and D Hall probably took at least seven tequila shots within oh. an hour. And your boy ain't that heavy. Okay. <laughs> I certainly, I certainly can't hold my booze. So seven tequila shots was enough to keep me served till Super Bowl kickoff, brother. Oh, man. So I think you guys went out that night. And I, I said, homie, you got to take me back to the condo. Like, I got to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was passed out in the back of your back of your car from the hotel all the way to our condo. Oh man. Yeah. That's hilarious. just, I was just young wild free, man. I do remember the shots with D hall, but I, yeah, like I said, I can't remember you getting to that point, but I'll take your word for it. Cause I'm sure I was hazy. Well, I remember, I remember Mike telling us they were going to some, some like kind of NFL ish party. And I was like, Bird, you and you and Lynn should go, but I need you to take me back to the con <laughs> before I show my ass. That's cool. I have one that I want to see if you remember. And this was this was just us going out to dinner one night at one of these one of the beachside bars. Oh, I, I know what you're saying. Tell it. This yeah. is a great one. I had forgotten this, but this is a great one. I, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure you remember it because you have a mind like a steel trap, but. We was just at we were just at an outdoor beach bar, and we look over and there are the Gruden brothers and a couple of comrades of theirs just crushing buckets of Coors Light and Mick Ultra, and I remember them crushing and, it. Yeah, and I remember on the way out, I th- I think it was me, but one of us like gave a fist pump to 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 John Gruden, and he you know had the little snarl and was clearly you know just having a great time. So. Um, let's just say this. So many funny things about that. Number one, great bar. Lauderdale Beach. Yeah. I tell anybody that'll listen. If you get a chance to go hang on Lauderdale Beach, do it. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of cool second story bars that are overlooking the beach in the ocean, open air, you know, yep. cool, just cool vibes. So, yep. Yeah. So dude, we're all sitting in like high tops. And yep. I'm drinking, you you tap me you're like, dude. And so this is right when he had taken one of the TV gigs. Like he was there to cover the Pro Bowl, I think. Yeah. Um, I think they were doing him and maybe Tariko at the time were doing the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He was so, on a football gig, I think. This is pre, though. Jay was still OC for the Bengals. Yeah. Or he might little not have been that yet. Was he? he maybe. Might not have been. Little, yeah. little did we know. He was right. going to be the future head coach yeah, <laughs> of, of the organization that we were tired fans of. But yes, when, when we say they were having Coors Lights and Michelob Ultras, yeah. crushing, mm-hmm. crushing Coors well, Lights and Michelob like buckets. Yeah. And uh, dude, I think how we initiated talking to him was Zach had – our, one of our bosses with skins, he was the PR, either director or assistant with the Bucks 
when yeah. they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think we like walked over and like, hey, Coach Green, we don't want to interrupt you guys, but we work for Zach with the skins. Like, we just want to say, hey, I think yeah. that's how we kind of like, that was our icebreaker. Yeah. And we're like, that was it. Like, we didn't ask him for a picture or anything like no, that. No, no. No, they were really having hate. a good time. I remember, yeah. I remember this, or, uh, you know, giving him a fist pump and he was, had the classic Gruden snarl. Oh, he did, man. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he was 100% in full Chucky mode. It was yeah. fantastic. Yep. That's, that is a really good memory. I had, I had quasi forgotten that, but that is an excellent memory. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, dude, wasn't the Colts hotel only like three or four blocks from Lauderdale beach. And we were kind of like, you telling me they're not out here partying in Lauderdale beach. This week? Right. <laughs> like, it was a scene, man. I know. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, I mean, well, when you think one. about like, I mean, there's like a Super Bowl host committee, right? Like, I think they were the ones that threw that one party we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, where all the media you know, people like us got invited. But I mean, there's not like, I don't think there's a whole lot of like full time dedicated Super Bowl staff. Like they take mm-hmm. a lot of they pull a lot of resources just from teams to, to pull this stuff off. I mean, literally all the media availability stuff was just PR directors from all the different teams that were down there to whether they got paid or not. But I mean, they were just there to basically cobble it all together. Like there's not kind of one like governing body. Um, So yeah, it was, as you said, to see how the sausage gets made, it was, and I definitely um, looking back, took it for granted, but it was, it was cool. Yeah. Just the access, man. It's just crazy. Like, you know, going to the press conference with Carrie Underwood and Queen Latifah and you're like two yeah. rows, they're right there. And then they're national anthem. I mean, you know, yeah. it, th- that kind of stuff was cool. And just getting to experience it firsthand. Who was the halftime show? The who is that who the halftime show was? Right? Yeah. The who. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, gonna, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw one more, I'm going to throw one more memory at you that ties back to your college football listenership. Oh yeah. Do you remember that it was, uh, that it was signing day. I think while we were there, I think the, the in between, um, in between the pro bowl and the super bowl, I think signing day fell that week. That's correct. Because the super bowl is February 8th. Yeah. Or something like that. So I remember we were sitting in kind of the bullpen area where all the interns like us were gathered and we had stayed there after hours to watch Marcus Lattimore do his announcement. That's right. Committed to the Gamecocks. And I remember just being my buddy Tyler was there who, had, like I said, had gone to school with me and we were pumped. But he was deciding at the time between like us and Auburn. I can't remember if Georgia was in the mix or not, but, you know, several big programs. He was a big time high school recruit and committed to the Gamecocks during that week. So talk, talk about a program changer. Seriously, man. One of the uh, biggest I- what ifs or what could have been and just heartbreaker for that kid man such a good dude on top of being a phenomenal player well we've talked about this uh just like in our texts and stuff but he's one of my favorite college players of all time i yeah, awesome. it, it, if you love college football and you didn't love watching that kid play something's wrong with you i mean yeah. he was a delight to watch and you're right you talk about all-time heartbreaks if he had been healthy yeah god he would have been so good in the league because he i i think he was a three down back in the nfl yeah. i mean dude he he wasn't scared to block. He could catch out of the backfield. I mean, great player. And yep. yeah. Well, wow, so he was on staff for a little while, wasn't he? Is he still there? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, he kind of had like an ambassador kind of role. Like, I think it was more so like a gesture than any real role of substance, but I, I'm not exactly sure if he's still there or not, to be honest with you. All right, Bird. Well, I appreciate you coming on today to rehash and go down memory lane with me. As we were talking about before we got on air, that was 12 years ago. Bird and I at the time were both unmarried and both kidless. And now we have between the two of us, six kids. We're just old goats now, brother. Seriously, man. Yeah, I'll have some memories <laughs> watching it this week. I always do, but this was fun. I'm glad you glad you invited me on. Appreciate it. Well, we'll have to link back up. So dogs are going to famously hot Columbia um, yeah. this year. So we talk about this all the time, but I think this year we got to do it. It's a day trip for both of us. So <laughs> this is the year we, we finally go to a game together. So yeah, I think we got to link up and do that. And then we'll have you back on to rehash our game day experiences in Cola together. That's what we'll do. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. on it. All right, brother. Well, it's always great to see you. And uh, you too, man. Until we have you back on. Thank you, man. 10 4. See you, buddy. Today's George is better now.